providing real solutions for real industry challenges. Welcome to FNF Unplugged, the talk of the title industry. Elizabeth Wasser and Emily Tryon from the American Land Title Association. Thank you so much for taking time out to visit with us at FNF Unplugged today. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So digital closings, that has been the buzz for all of 2020, and it's going to continue to be the buzz for 2021. Where have we been? Where are we going? So how has these digital closings changed because of COVID? Or maybe I should say, how have they been pushed faster and farther now? Well, I don't think anybody can have a conversation right now without thinking about how COVID has changed things. I mean, it's impacted, obviously, every industry and title and real estate closings are really no different. I think when you're talking specifically about digital closings, we in the title industry have been really focused on that for the last few years. Lots of meetings, lots of education, lots of preparing. Lots of people were sticking their toe in the water, figuring out what might work for them. And about a year ago, they found themselves swimming in the deep end of the pool because all of a sudden closings needed to continue to happen. And we had to use every single tool in the toolbox to get those done. And digital closings were a key aspect of that. So obviously it has sped up adoption everywhere. It's really special to be part of an industry that was able to pivot so quickly when COVID hit a year ago and really be able to make all of these changes and use these various tools to make sure that closings still happened. You know, whether it was using digital for drive-through closings or allowing people to close remotely on their real estate transactions, stuff changed rapidly. And The industry did not miss a beat at all. And I can tell you, speaking of quickly, we were moving pretty rapidly over at Alta. We got back from our springboard conference and immediately went to work thinking about how do we make remote transactions more accessible for uh, title companies across the country. And Emily can probably tell more about that story of a crazy weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like Elizabeth was saying, you know, things started moving really quickly. We've been talking about kind of this idea of digital closing and remote online notarization for a handful of years, but not really at the federal level, like not looking at federal legislation. How do we move forward with something that would be a federal standard? And so, like Elizabeth said, we got back from Springboard right around March 12th and the 13th, Friday the 13th came and we all know what was happening that day. Over that following weekend, we started looking at how to make remote online notarization a federal piece of legislation. And we got together, we drafted legislation, we had a handful of groups kind of get together over Zoom and wrote the legislation. We got it introduced in a bipartisan manner in the Senate by the 18th, by Wednesday of the next week, which is really not something I've worked on legislative stuff. I worked in the Senate for seven years and I've been here at Alta for a handful of years now. I've never moved that quickly on anything. Then to top it off, we had a bipartisan bill introduced in the House just a handful of days later, the next Monday on March 23rd. 
So being able to have those bills introduced in in a bipartisan manner really was a huge boost and momentum moving forward. Throughout the year, we gained support. We um, ended with 82 bipartisan co-sponsors in the House and five bipartisan co-sponsors in the Senate. And we continue to gain support and kind of push the legislation forward. Our coalition has grown from just a handful of real estate groups to now 30 or 40 different groups, including a lot of insurance trades and companies that have a lot of interest in this as well. So it's really interesting how much this has grown. How does that translate to the local level? Well, that's a great question. When you're talking about state legislation, which is really what we've been focused on. So I joined Alta back in 2017. And at that point, uh, when I did my interviews, people were like, you know, there may be this issue about remote notarization, but we're not really sure. Well, if you fast forward a few years, we're pretty sure it's here and it's here to stay. And we've spent a lot of time coming up with industry standards for remote notarization and having laws passed at the state level that reflect those standards and allow for the use of remote notarization in those states. What a federal bill does is sort of work in harmony with that. We certainly don't want to take away from the great work that has happened in the states. And we want them to be able to continue to build and do what works best in their state. But we're you know, looking to put together federal legislation that really works hand in glove with that, much in the same way that state electronic signature laws work with the federal e-sign law. And Emily, maybe you want to talk a little bit about kind of what SECURE does and how it interplays with the states. Yeah, so the three basic tenets of the SECURE notarization bill is nationwide authority, national minimum standards, and interstate recognition. So it's basically allowing for this remote online notarization to occur in states across the country, but giving them kind of baselines on how to do all of that. Another kind of piece that falls into how it affects people locally is kind of the idea of preemption. This bill will not preempt state law as long as it follows RULONA standards. But at this point in time, all state laws follow RULONA standards. So there isn't an issue there. It allows states to have their own laws on top. If they want to have higher standards, if they want to expand, if they want to do different things within their state, they're allowed to do that. This isn't requiring any state to do something specifically. It's just giving them the options so that if they end up in a situation like the COVID pandemic that we've been in, they have some options on the table that they can look at. And the interstate recognition piece really is important to that. I'm sure the definition of digital closings is different no matter who you're talking to on the federal level, who you're talking to on the state level. So maybe now would be a really good time to talk about the types of digital closings. How do we define digital closings? Because we've done hybrid digital closings for a while now. So we've said those words, but everybody defines it differently. You're absolutely right. We have whole charts and glossaries for this. So it's kind of kind of hard to uh, get it down succinctly. But I always think that when it comes to digital, you're right. We have hybrid digital and we have full digital. A full digital closing might include an e-note. Hybrids are much more common these days. And so that means that your closing is going to have a combination of electronic documents and, and paper documents and a full digital closing. You've got all electronic documents. And then you sort of layer on top of that and you say, well, with either full or 
hybrid closings, you can do those in person or remotely. And I'm not sure if everybody who's listening knows or is familiar with what we call RON or remote online notarization, but that basically is the ability to conduct your notarization, which is required generally for your closing using audio visual communication. So a platform, you know, that where you can see and hear everybody, you can have a shared screen where you're all looking at the same documents and you're able to review those documents and sign those documents from the comfort of your own home or wherever you happen to be. Remote notarization has been around for over a decade. Virginia was the first state to pass legislation to allow for this type of technology to be used. A lot of that was based on, you know, making sure that service men and women serving overseas would have more accessibility to notarization. And it has just grown from there over the, the course of the past 10, 11 years. And it's kind of interesting, uh, Linda, this year, uh, Virginia is modernizing their first in the nation law and sort of bringing it up to this uh, same level that we're seeing with all of the other state statutes where we sort of tried to put in place some consistencies in the laws so that it's easy to work from state to state when it comes to remote notarization. And then obviously in person, electronic notarization or IPEN as we call it, is just being able to use you know, an iPad or other digital signing device and be able to digitally review and sign documents in person for your closing. And all of this hopefully drives some efficiencies, not just for the closing process, but for all of the paperwork and follow-up and, and things that need to get done. But this is not a light switch either, right? Because even though everything may align, the federal laws and state laws and everything else, but it's not just a light switch that you can turn on and all of a sudden you're doing remote online notarizations, right? I mean, don't other people have to be prepared and be ready for this kind of technology? Yeah. So if you think about it, Title is kind of like this central figure, and we bring a lot of people together for the closings. We've got the buyers, the sellers, the realtors, the lenders, and all of those same parties and a few others are super important in this whole process. And so everybody has to be, be ready to move forward. At Alta, we've been collaborating a lot with the National Association of Realtors, with the Mortgage Bankers Association, because we know that when it comes to implementation and greater adoption of digital closings, this isn't something that we can do on our own. This is something that we need to do together as an industry and, and be collaborative about. I think we all know that there's barriers. There's things that sort of need to be addressed as we move forward, things like integration of software and you know making sure that everybody's systems are working together and talking to each other. And if we take a siloed approach to that, it's going to really slow down adoption. And so we're really trying to have those conversations, you know, within the title industry, but then within the, the broader real estate uh, community to talk about how do we address these issues and, and move forward together. I think that word integration is a little scary because that word takes on its own meaning too. It's the key to all this but it's also a really huge hurdle. So kind of thinking about digital closings in, you know, on a national level, what could we be doing? And I don't mean just we in the title industry, but 
how can everybody kind of get prepared for all of this? Are, you know, the lenders, the other stakeholders, the buyers, the sellers, the realtors, how can we prepare for what's going to happen and change, further change? So whenever you're talking about change, communication is the number one thing that you can do. And let me tell you, there are a lot of conversations to be had. If you are preparing on on any side of this, you need to be talking to your partners. If I'm a title company, for example, I want to be talking to my lender partners, finding out what is their timeline for implementation? What are their goals? What systems are they planning to use? And how can I make that align? I want to talk to realtors and say, what is your comfort level with these different types of closings? What would you like to see for your customers? Talking to your consumers. Nobody knows your market better than you, no matter which party you are in this scenario. Find out what they're looking for, what they want. Some of them may want a completely remote experience and others may not. Uh, And you need to figure out what works best in, in your local market. So have those conversations. Then, of course, you need to figure out, speaking of integration, which vendors do you want to work with? You know, have those conversations. Find out what's available you know, have a gazillion different demos and figure out what works, understand the technology that's out there. And that's going to help you with your conversations with your lender partners too, because you're going to understand kind of what they're looking to do. And finally, and probably most importantly, is the conversation you have in your own organization. Having buy-in from your staff on this is incredibly important. And I think it's so much easier because everybody has seen the value of utilizing technology more during the past year, during this crisis, but making that a really palatable thing for your employees. This past year has been really busy. It's been hectic. There's a lot that everybody's had on their their plate, both from a work perspective, but just personally too. I mean, with all the things going on in the world, And so you have to, if you're implementing change, you have to make that as palatable as possible. You have to make it something that's going to be rewarding to the whole and something that they say, hey, it is worth investing the extra time to implement this and make this change. So communicate, 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 and test, test, test. Uh, Make sure all of those things are working before you ever, uh, you know, get to your first deal. Emily, anything to add to that? I mean, I think that everything that Elizabeth said really is the most important piece. The communication piece really is what what we need to have happen at all levels. We need everybody to be talking to each other so that no one's caught off guard and that we're prepared. You know, especially like she said, the consumer, we want to make sure that they are comfortable with what's going on because at the end of the day, they're they're the customer. And then the testing, you know, you don't want your first deal to be your first test. So make sure that you test beforehand and are ready to go. And I think that we're all moving in the right direction, or at least the direction that the world is changing into. Change is inevitable, right? Absolutely. Also, what I'm hearing is that one size does not fit all. No. So if you're a consumer in this whole process, what can you do to make this transaction easier, no matter what state you're in? I think ask some questions, you know, find out what's available 
consumers are becoming more and more aware of the different options that are out there. Consumers want to be educated. So getting that information about what are the possibilities, knowing that state laws often dictate what's available in your state and and what's not. And certainly people can help answer those questions about what's available in in your local market. But yeah, uh, you know, thinking about what you want your experience to be too for your closing ahead of time uh, is very important in sort of choosing how you want to close. So you can't just live in a silo, right? Absolutely not. (laughs) So what I'm hearing is that consumers really need to educate themselves. I mean, let's face it, buying a home and selling a home, we don't do that every day. We're not on Amazon buying and selling houses. You know, these are things that we're doing maybe every seven years or in some cases only doing it once or twice in a lifetime. So you would think with that commitment, a consumer would want to become educated. And from what we're hearing is they are. They're really looking at their transaction way before that when they get to the closing table, way before even that digital closing conversation. So asking questions and getting educated. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, those are very important pieces for, as you say, the biggest transactions that you're going to ever have in your lifetime. Well, Elizabeth and Emily, thank you so much for joining FNF Unplugged today. This was a real eye opener. And quite frankly, I really didn't think that uh, digital closings were going to happen as fast as they are, but I'm kind of glad we're going in that direction. We're moving fast. I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. Thank you. Thank you. If you have questions, comments, or would like us to feature a specific topic, email fnfeducation at fnf.com. Thanks for downloading FNF Unplugged, a presentation of the FNF family of companies. All rights reserved. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent, including Fidelity National Financial or its directors. Please seek legal or financial advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.